Quick reminder, guys, all my content, including game reactions, are available in podcast form. So just look up Scotian Canadian wherever you get your pods. And of course, as always, let me know what you thought about this game down in the comments. And if you like my videos, hit the like and subscribe button. Cheers, guys. Woo! Claude Julien's the best coach in the NHL, baby. <laughs> Big win for the Habs tonight. And honestly, I... After that rant about Claude the other night, I felt a little bit bad. I got a lot of respect for the guy. He's clearly a good coach. He's a Stanley Cup winning coach. I still have my gripes about his system, and I'm still not quite sure he has a long-term future with the Montreal Canadiens. But nonetheless, you got to give credit where it's due. The don't-take-any-risks defense-first system that he puts in place paid off last night. The Montreal Canadiens defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs barely. They squeaked it out 2-1. to one. Woo! And that puts the Habs record to 9-4-2 on the season. Good enough to be three points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs for first in the Canadian division. That was a massive win for the Habs last night. If the Leafs would have squeaked that one out, they would have been seven points ahead. Instead, it's just a three-point gap between the Habs and the Leafs right now. So massive win for the Habs. But I think an even more important win for this rivalry. The Leafs had a serious shot at going 3-0 against the Habs to start the season. And it's not that they wouldn't deserve that fate early on. Uh, but I think this these teams are a lot closer competitively than I think Leafs fans want to admit. Two different styles of hockey team but very close in terms of competitiveness. And I think we've seen that in each of the matchups so far this season. The first game of the season, I thought Montreal looked like the better team, but not by a whole lot. They did hold the lead for the vast majority of that game and then lost it pretty much. Uh, it was their own fault for them blowing that game. And then there's the fluky play on Duren. Leafs end up squeaking it out in, in overtime. Then in the second game of the season, it was very similar to last night's game. Very hard fought defensively. Both teams playing very sound defensive hockey against each other. Um, but then in the third period, the Leafs come out with uh, with the two quick goals. Justin Hall starting it off and then Mikheyev finishing it off. Um, then in this one, the, the, the roles reversed. Montreal's on the road. The Leafs get the first goal at home, and then it's the Habs who storm back and win. And right off the bat, I thought this first period had a lot more pace to it than the second game of the season. The Leafs actually end up getting on the board, like I mentioned early, and it's from a play, uh, Austin Matthews behind the net. Just He is just a beast when it comes to taking away the puck from the puck carrier. And on this one, it was Philip Deneau losing the puck in his zone that he's known for being, being very strong in, that defensive zone play. And kind of a rough giveaway for, for Philip Deneau there. Matthews strips it. Man Manages to get the puck into the slot for Mitch Marner, who finishes it glove side on Carey Price. Just a few minutes into this game, it's one nothing Leafs. And uh, I thought this first period, there was a great pace to it. Um, the, the Leafs didn't dominate it, but they definitely looked like the better team and had the better scoring chances. We had the Marner through the legs chance where he went back in, and that was a great save by Carey Price. He really had to be dialed in early because the Leafs piled it on uh, in a few different sequences there. Then there was the uh, Marner to Matthews play, uh, two-on-one, uh, two, uh, two and Matthews catches and releases that puck quick but misses the net wide and high. And then on the power play, Marner, the fake shot over to Matthews, and Matthews received that puck perfectly and fired it on Price, and he made the uh, fake fantastic blocker save. Matthews had nothing to shoot at on that short side, thanks to Carey Price. After that first period, you could kind of tell Carey was much more in the zone than what we've seen in his past few games. I felt 
quite at ease with how he was playing, and I figured he'd, he'd continue that on for the rest of the game after seeing what he did in the first period. Great lateral, lateral movement. He wasn't getting too far out of the net to make his saves. He was making his saves look easy, and that's when you know Carey Price is at his best. His puck touches were also a lot better than the last game against the Leafs. He was making good passes out there and helping out his teammates. And then we go into the second period, and this period was about as even as you could get. Not many chances either way. The Leafs had a couple, the Habs had a couple, but other than that, it was a lot of neutral zone play, a lot of back and forth, and either team really couldn't break into the middle of the ice to get a, a, a true high danger scoring chance. Um, and, and the goalies weren't tested uh, too heavily in this second period. In general, this game was, uh, I don't know how you could execute any more perfectly either team, to be quite honest. Uh, so very impressive for both sides. Being able to play strong defensively, uh, especially the Habs, where the, the Leafs have so many weapons. But same can be said about the Leafs, where the Habs have been one of the better scoring teams in the league this year. So uh, the Leafs continuing that strong defensive play. That, that's good for them and, and their fans to see that for the first time in a long time. A lot of key additions there, you know, really helping them out in that regard. So an even, evenly fought second period, and then we go into the third, and about six or seven minutes in, it's Tyler Toffoli, who ties it up his 10th goal on the season. And this play starts with a rim around the boards uh, on the rush from Ben Sherratt. And then Gallagher comes in on the opposite half wall. And just a nice puck touch from him along the wall just to get it right uh, towards uh, Philip Deneau, who's over to his left. And Deneau picks it up and makes a perfect cross-seam pass uh, over to Tyler Toffoli, who makes no mistake finishing it off high on Freddie Anderson for a tie game. Huge moment for the Habs there. And in this third period, the Habs took over. The first was, you know, the edge to the Leafs. The second, very even. And then in the third, Montreal dominated, dominated. And then we saw a late goal, the game winner from Brendan Gallagher. And it started with a, uh, just a Jeff Petrie getting it towards the net and Gallagher with the hand eye knocks it out of midair. It did hit his stick, but then it hit his hand about shoulder uh, height. And the Toronto Maple Leafs decided not to challenge this play because if you lose it, then not only are you down 2-1, but you're on the uh, you're on the penalty kill as well with Habs having all the momentum. So I'd say probably a good choice not to challenge this one because you'd have to have conclusive evidence and there wouldn't have been that there to, to overturn that goal. But great hand-eye from Brendan Gallagher and he tracks a puck right down to the ice where it landed. He beats uh, uh, TJ Brody on this play in the slot. Just Gallagher showing off what he can do, the hard work that he puts in in the slot every night is just something to behold. Follows the puck down and just rips it high on Freddie Anderson, who I don't think was expecting that whatsoever. Uh, and the energy from Gallagher after scoring that goal, you love to see it, baby. Ha <laughs> ha! Woo! So that puts the Habs in the lead. They only have three minutes to kill at that point. Uh, the Leafs pull the goalie, and Montreal gets a, a shot on net. I think it was Tyler Toffoli, and Matthews late blocks the puck on the empty net. And thank God we ended up closing out that game because the last thing we needed as Habs fans to see was Matthews blocking an empty net shot. The Leafs come up, they tie it, go into overtime, and have a chance to win. That just would have been a brutal storyline, and we would never have heard the end of it for the next few days. So thankfully that didn't happen. The Montreal Canadiens closed it out. And what a game. Even though it was low scoring, I liked it. I really enjoyed this game. The, the pace was a lot higher. Montreal definitely made it a point to throw the body. They had 46 uh, hits 
last night to Toronto 16. So I think over time that wore the Leafs down big time. Montreal finished every single one of their checks. Josh Anderson with six, Weber with four, Edmondson with four, Druen with four, Toffoli, Byron, Sherratt, and Romanov with three. And then every single other player on the Habs had at least one or two, except Deneau, who finished with zero. Deneau, the only player without a hit last night. However, Deneau was the, the Habs' most used forward with 18 minutes. Now, I know lately his offensive game isn't anything to, you know, turn your turn your, uh, turn your your head at, but he did get the assist, you know, give him credit for that, and it was a nice assist. Um, but defensively, the Montreal Canadiens, after the Leafs scored that first goal, shut down their entire team. Now, that wasn't just Deneau. Jake Evans played very strong defensively as well. The Habs' decor in general did a great job keeping the Leafs to the outside past that first period. And, um, you know, Lekkinen, again, another forward who's who strong five-on-five five defensively. Paul Byron as well chipping in uh, in that regard. And uh, so just a good, strong defensive effort from the entire team. And Deneau was a big part of that, being the guy leading the team in minutes at the forward position. And then uh, Jeff Petrie led the team in minutes from the uh, defensive position. So some more stats on the night. Montreal outshoots the Leafs 25-22. to 22, uh, And the Leafs actually also block 21 shots. So Montreal was throwing a lot towards the net, especially in that third period. Uh, uh, for Montreal, 49% in the face-off dot tonight. I'm going to take that one because the Leafs are one of the best teams uh, in the league in the face-off dot right now. So for Montreal to finish at 49%, that's very impressive. And it was led tonight by... Yespiri Kolkaniemi winning seven out of nine of his draws, finishing at 78%. And then after that, we had uh, um, uh, Jake Evans. He only took two and finished at 100%. But then Phil Deneau finished at 50, 50%, going six for 12. Nick Suzuki, however, only won two out of 10 draws. So he finishes at a very low 20%. That's definitely something in Nick Suzuki's game that he's got to work on extremely. I don't know if it's the just uh, a strength thing with him or just a timing thing, but he's definitely got to work on that face-off game. But nonetheless, Less. Team-wise overall, to finish 49% against the Leafs, that is, uh, that's a positive. You can't look at it any, any other way than that. Um, so before the game starts, Thomas Tatar is scratched. Now, whether he deserves it or not, we can have that argument, but he has not he's not been the same player that he's been for us the last two years. And he wasn't quite the same player in the return to play either so for him to you know he started the season strong racking up six points in just a few games but since then he's been pretty cold and uh so so i i kind of get it but it's also a message that if you're gonna the, the the coaching staff is willing to bench one of the team's best players that means they're willing to bench anyone so the whole team has to step up and contribute i definitely expect thomas Tatar to make his way back into the lineup sooner rather than later um uh, victor mete last night. What an impressive game from him. His uh, his advanced analytics last night, his expected goals for, were up over 80%, way above any player on the ice last night for either team. So he definitely pushes the pace in terms of possession, in terms of getting those shots towards the net and, and uh, generating scoring chances. And that shows in the, in the analytics, but it also showed with the eye test. He looked really good last night. He's one of few Montreal Canadiens defensemen that could rush through the neutral zone with speed and, and then generate a scoring chance with a nice pass. He, he had a really nice one to Toffoli, who he hooked up in the slot to get a, to, to for Anderson to have to make a really strong save there uh, in the second period, I believe. So Victor Mette 
Thursday, a strong game. I'm not sure how you take him out of the lineup at this point. So the, the coaching staff has some, some definitely some decisions to make, but uh, it's it's a good good decisions uh, or good problems to have when you have Victor Mete step in and play like that. That's an element that this team has severely been missing, that speed from the back end. So if we just let Mete just do his thing out there, that could have a, a really strong impact on the Habs moving forward. And hopefully it'll uh, put those trade requests at bay for him because I still have full confidence in what Victor Mete can become in the NHL as a uh, uh, an offensive defenseman, maybe a two-way defenseman considering his defensive play as well. Um, and speaking of defensemen, I thought the Habs did a good job of activating their defensemen a lot more last night. We saw Sherrod up in the play a bunch. Jeff Petrie, obviously, he's going to be up in the play. But, uh, you know, with the mix between Sherrod, Mete, and Petrie all getting involved, I think that was great to see. Uh, I'd love to see that more often than not from this Habs team. And then another strong game from Josh Anderson. It is just such a treat having a power forward out there for the Montreal Canadiens. Going into the corners, just absolutely smashing the defensemen when they go in for the puck uh, in their defensive zone to retrieve it and try to get out. Josh Anderson is in there so fast with the speed, with the big body. Him and Muzzin were trading shots back and forth, and I definitely think Anderson got the best of Muzzin last night in terms of the body contact and the wear and tear throughout that game. Uh, and then, of course, his line with Jonathan Drouin and Nick Suzuki also... Again, the most consistent offensive line for us. Throughout this game, they spent a decent amount of time in the offensive zone and generated some strong chances. Uh, there, You can definitely see that chemistry coming about. And Jonathan Drouin, man, he has not had a bad game this season yet for the Habs. He's just feeling it really well with the stick handling. If only he could get on the scoreboard in terms of goal scoring, his season would be going perfectly right now. So he he's definitely made it a point to shoot a little more often here and there. Um, hasn't potted one yet since early in the season. He's just got the one so far. But I uh, love the way he's playing this season. He definitely has confidence with the puck, and he's really getting a feel for where his teammates are going to be out there on the ice. You'll love to see that from Jonathan Drouin, uh, a late-blooming uh, top-six forward. And he's been strong defensively as well and physically, like I mentioned, the four hits from him last night too. So, uh, And then we saw another strong game from the fourth line, Jake Evans, Paul Byron, and Art uh, Arturi Lekkanen playing really strong defensive hockey, uh, just making the right plays out there, playing fast, and uh, using using their big bodies to, to make the play. And even Paul Byron, a smaller guy, he, he, he gets in there and he, he roughs it up and he's not that bad at uh, using his momentum to get a good check-in. And I want to point out Jesperi uh, Kokaniemi as well. Not only was he good in the face-off dot, but tonight and the last few games, despite not getting up on the scoreboard, he is making things happen out there. He is a strong center and we often forget how young he is. So if he can continue to play this way, the points are going to start uh, start uh, racking up for him here. And that's and that'll be a huge benefit for the Habs where the last few games, Phil Deneau, Nick Suzuki, and Kakaniemi haven't really been, you know, pushing the offense too much, and we've seen what that has done to the team-wide results. you got to get offense through the middle of the ice, so just this win is a, is a big confidence booster for the whole team. Uh, and some news here, some interesting news. Today, the Montreal Canadiens put Paul Byron on waivers. Um, you got to hope we don't lose him. He's an important part to the leadership group of this team. He also adds a very important speed element to our bottom six. Now, you got to think teams are going to pass on him just where his cap hit is so high and his offensive production, especially goal scoring, hasn't been where it was in the past. He's making $3.4 million for a couple more seasons. 
So you got to think teams might uh, might just let him pass through waivers here. Let's cross our fingers and hope hopefully that happens. But the reason why the Montreal Canadiens are doing this are to get significant cap savings on this season. You're not going to save. He's going to go to the taxi squad. I'm sure he'll just be there for this week while the Habs aren't playing. We don't have a game until next Saturday against the Leafs again. So. Each day that Paul Byron spends on the taxi squad, his uh, his cap doesn't count towards um, our our overall cap. So each day we make, I don't know what the exact number is, but we get money back towards our cap situation. And the Montreal Canadiens are aiming to um, get the team to a point where we can hold an extra forward like a Corey Perry and not have to put him back on waivers. At this point, P Corey Perry has had a very strong impact on this team. Uh, the veteran impact, the poise that he has with the puck, um, the physicality he adds, the leadership he brings, just that pesky attitude he brings, like giving sticking guys in the face off dot. Um, he's a winner and he has that attitude. The Canadians do not want to risk losing him by putting him on waivers. That would be an easy pickup for teams, um, especially after he already passed once. I'm not sure he's going to pass through waivers again. Uh, now that teams have seen what he's been able to do this season for the Habs in a depth role. So put Paul Byron on there. Ideally, he passes through and I suspect he will. And then we call him back up uh, after this week and we get those cap savings. So that's all that's about there. So um, let me know what you thought about this game down in the comments. I absolutely loved it. Thank God the Habs got that win last night and kept this rivalry close. Um, it's basically a wash this point i mean the, the toronto maple leafs beat us in overtime and we've just traded regulation wins and that was huge to get that win tonight or last night in regulation not giving the leafs a point in the standings and we get the only two that was massive so we're off for a week i'm hoping to bring you guys a nice uh, a really good funny uh, informative interesting buzzed up and baked talking hockey episode sometime in the next week so keep an eye out for that let me know what you thought about this game down in the comments and uh i'll see you soon guys <laughs> Ah, go Habs go, baby. Woo!